Welcome to the latest edition of the Omnitalk Spotlight Series, the series that highlights the people, the companies, and the technologies coming together to shape the future of retail. I'm your host, Chris Walton. And I'm Ann Mazinga. And today we have a really special treat. We interviewed today's guest about one month ago on LinkedIn, live in front of everyone, and the interview was so well received that we have already asked him back. But this time we're going to delve even deeper into his area of expertise. So Anne, yes, I can't wait. I know, right? Please join me in welcoming Binder's Director of Global Field and Customer Marketing, Brian Cavanaugh, on to today's Spotlight Series podcast. Brian, it's great to speak with you again. Yeah, great to be here. Great to see you, Chris uh, and Anne. And yeah, loved the conversation last time. So it's uh, I'm pretty excited to be back and keep it going. Yeah, I had so many friends of mine from my creative days who listened to that podcast and were like, is this for real? Like, is this really <laughs> like they could not believe that that is something that is possible. Um, so I'm really glad that we get to have a, an even deeper conversation with you today, Brian. Um, if someone missed our first conversation, uh, would you mind just giving the audience a little bit of your background, your role and a little bit about Binder to start us off? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like Chris said, my name is Brian Cavanaugh. I'm uh, the Director of Global Field and Customer Marketing at Binder. And so who is Binder? I've been here seven years, by the way, which has been pretty That's a amazing. Long time. It's a lifetime in, in, a, in a fast growing tech company. Yeah, it is. But, yes. but it's, been, uh, it's been quite the ride uh, thus far. And so Binder, we're the leader in digital asset management as our sort of uh, our DNA, our core. And we've really pioneered several, you know, waves of digital asset management over the years, really focusing on uh, usability and user experience, as well as um, integrations, because that is core to any uh, DAM deployment or any MarTech solution uh, these days is integrating with your other MarTech platforms. Innovation, we just acquired an AI search company and have integrated it into our platform, which I can talk about a little bit. Uh, oh, and just cool. and, yeah, and just customer experience, the highest rated in terms of satisfaction and, and renewal rates uh, in terms of uh, our customer base, which is always growing. And, you know, our, our vision is really to enable them to thrive with their content experiences, with the dam at the center, really powering how they uh, manage and deliver all of their, you know, amazing brand content. Well, and Brian, last month when we talked to you, um, you talked about a lot of the challenges that retailers face. Um, I experienced them firsthand in a lot of my work uh, on creative teams at Target most recently. Yep. But can you talk a little bit about like what those major challenges were that Binder is kind of helping with, and then any that have emerged since we last had you on the show? Sure. So a central challenge when it comes to digital assets for retailers is rarely, if ever, is a retailer have a simple go-to-market approach. It's always complex, meaning there very, very rarely is any retailer selling one product via one avenue, such as like online direct to consumer, right? Right. It's it's always complex. And the bigger you go, the more complex it becomes, such as a Target, like you mentioned, or, or a Walmart mm -hmm. uh, or a Home Depot. Also, IT like isn't always tuned in to some of the challenges around digital assets. The main one is that the mm. brand doesn't show up consistently. Mm -hmm. on everywhere uh, the brand shows up. It doesn't show up the same way. Oftentimes it's not just a team, it's a dozen or more teams globally, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that are responsible for this. IT is not so tuned into this challenge of brand consistency of um, content operations being streamlined. 
So what you get is kind of like a bunch of little content silos, more or less operating in their own way uh, without a system of record, which is what we call a digital asset management platform, right? And uh, that is really a, a central challenge that we see. Right. And then when when brands go to solve it, they've got some challenges just around their legacy systems uh, that have been in place maybe for a long time, or can they really unify the brand globally? You know, we've seen a lot of our customers in retail make a, a huge paradigm shift from being a regional product oriented organization to a global brand oriented organization. Right. Uh, and so if you can make that shift, that is then a huge competitive advantage in terms of economies of scale, efficiency, but also a unified brand message wherever the brand shows up anywhere in the world. So that is really the vision is moving to more of that global brand oriented organization that a lot of uh, retailers are picking up these days. Brian, I want to go back to that point you made because that's something that, that didn't really come through when we first had you on. I want I want to talk to you. I want to make sure we double click into it too, which is the part about you know the IT team is not really knowing this is a problem. The analogy I would use, and 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 you you'll understand this because this literally just happened to me. It's like it's almost like the slow drip from the faucet that you just don't know is happening until all of a sudden, boom, you've got this massive leak that just suddenly overwhelms the entire you know drywall of your house. And that's essentially, that's the analogy you're talking about here, right? Because all these people are going through using Excel spreadsheets or God knows whatever tools to manage their assets. And the IT team doesn't have visibility to that. That's that's what you're saying, right? Absolutely. We had one customer in retail say that they knew the lack of a global intuitive dam was a real challenge. And they they sort of socialized that challenge, but it wasn't really met with uh, acceptance because as she put it, she was like, yeah, the executives and the IT team saw that mostly work gets done and no one's quitting their job. So it doesn't really seem to be an issue uh, over there. When in reality, the costs going into people mostly getting work done and not quitting their jobs was right. so many hours, so many you know unnecessary costs on content creation, a lot of duplicate work uh, and real dilution of the brand um, over time. And so once I think leadership and IT saw it framed up that way, they were a lot quicker to action. But it's, yeah, you're right, Chris. It's this challenge that doesn't always even surface cross-functionally or in a way that uh, is is automatically tangible. It kind of has to be made tangible by good internal storytelling and kind of uh, building right. the case to improve. Well, and you know, Brian, we just had somebody on our Fast Five podcast a couple of weeks ago who was talking about you know, as you're talking about, like once once these companies start expanding beyond just the U.S. borders and getting into global trade, we talked about Timu and Shein and really trying to get that cross-border audience. I mean, it's only going to get more complicated, right? In terms of the, the you know, it wasn't once just a region of the country, but now it's going, we're talking at a global scale and expanding and probably needing more assets, I would imagine. 100%. And um, I would say it, it, the, any challenges you have uh, exacerbate. And it's also a question of, and one thing that was fun last time right. we talked was uh, if you're a global brand going to market in, let's say hundred plus countries, are you doing one global photo shoot or are you doing like a dozen? Right. And um, right. we, you know, like realistically you could probably pull off one global photo shoot that then does 90% of all the work in providing creative building blocks, style right. guides, templates, core uh, assets. 
And then all the local teams, whether they're internal or agencies, can kind of take it the last mile, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, and adapt to regionally to markets. And we've seen customers where before they have that global system of record, they are doing a dozen photo shoots, which yeah. are not cheap and are mostly shooting the same stuff. Uh, and it's a lot of duplicative work. And then, you know, they're able to take those costs down, you know, in an order of magnitude, eightfold, tenfold and then reapply it to how they go to market in all of these local countries um, and in a much more strategic, thoughtful way. So I think that is really impactful when you've got that, you know, hub and spoke model, as opposed to just a bunch of regional groups kind of operating in parallel. Yeah. 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 The idea you got me thinking about is like, it's not a problem until it's a problem. That's kind of, that's kind of be my catchphrase from this, Uh, you know, but um, all right. So let's keep moving here a little bit. So I want to put you on the spot now, Brian. And to to let the audience in on a, on a little secret too, we're recording this the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It's first thing in the morning. So Brian's putting the hard work in here too, everyone. So so I, in, to that point that we're about to get into the throes of holiday. And so I want to use Black Friday and Cyber Monday as the reference point here. Walk us through how better digital asset management can help drive ROI and efficiency during high revenue retail periods, like what the industry is about to go in and experience over this next week, particularly. Sure. So, you know, and, and I'm going to the mall later actually to exchange an item. So I'm going to see firsthand the, uh, you know, the chaos of, uh, you're going to go into the blind den, Brian. Better you than me, my friend. Better (laughs) you than me. Um, yeah, everyone's got that, uh, that price point in their head of like, should I even bother returning this? But this one kind of just falls above that. Anyway, uh, to your question, Chris, there's a couple considerations. Um, one, I would say uh, agility and scalability. And so anytime there's a, a huge retail push, uh, such as Black Friday and Cyber Monday, it will only exacerbate or uh, you know, you'll know you feel the challenges more acutely. But also if you've got any kind of a competitive advantage or differentiators, you're cashing in on those more. And so one example mm. would be, one example would be, if Great you're point. promotion based on on products, let's say, we have customers that do a lot of their business via email promotions, right? Special codes and uh, email to their loyal sort of customer base is a is a predominant channel. They might sell out midway through the day of whatever product they originally featured. And if you are agile with your content management and delivery, realistically, you can swap out what product is being featured on the you know you're on the West Coast right now, Chris, like. Uh, maybe there's an afternoon West Coast push and it's a totally different product that isn't sold out, which right. means you're going to generate more sales because the image matches the offer and your dam is connected to your marketing automation as well as your your commerce layer. Uh, whereas without doing that and more of the traditional way of working, it's just everyone's getting the same email and then they're uh, going to click through. It's going to see that they're sold out in their size or their preferred color. And that's just lost out uh, revenue simply because you couldn't be agile enough to sort of swap out your imagery and your offer midday is one kind of clear example. Um, yeah. And Brian too, like, uh, and, and what you're describing, you know, the, the old retail merchant in me is like, Oh yeah, it sounds great. But like, how do you actually do it? The, the new capabilities around AI make what you're talking about very feasible. Do they not? Yeah, I would say in a couple of ways, um, we, you know, we just acquired an AI search company, which I actually think, the first area that it truly becomes a game changer for uh, a retail brand using it is in the planning stage because it automatically uh, can find any duplicates 
as well as um, recognize text in an image, such as like if there's a picture of a product or a billboard, it will show, it'll pick up the text and some other, it's called, and then you got similar search. So basically if you're planning your retail campaign or your Black Friday campaign, you'll already know, oh, we only have to go create 60% of what we thought we had to, because we actually have a lot of this at the ready that we can adapt. So yeah. think of like the costs that's going into it. And really like that, the, that's a core value of uh, an enterprise and global dam is creating exceptional content efficiently, because of course, exceptional content can be created, but oftentimes without that system of record and without that uh, efficiency, it's just a huge cost with external agencies and bespoke final assets type thing. So that's really where I see more of it um, coming in. Okay. And then uh, the other would be just quickly adapting. So there's this, this vision, Chris, and I haven't seen it actualized yet, but we're not far off of it where we actually have had some customers say, hey, like if we sell out of the blue sneaker, let's say, and we haven't really shot so much of the white sneaker, couldn't AI in one fell swoop just swap out all of our lifestyle campaigns to then show the model wearing the white sneaker? Right. And that's pretty powerful. It has all sorts of implications around, well, what if, what's the inventory of that white sneaker? And is the SKU number and all the other product details now porting over now that you've just changed your whole set of images, right? So it's like, it, that's going to be uh, an interesting thing to orchestrate, but I don't think the technology is that far off because think about it, a graphic designer can do all of that, but it might take a week, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to just saying, hey, swap everything out in this entire catalog of campaign imagery. That's really fascinating. Then you get into the, can you create new content, digital assets on the fly mm -hmm. as well? That's the extension of that point in addition to just using AI to match it in real time. Wow. Yep. And so- you know, I think uh, Firefly by uh, by Adobe and Adobe. their suite of products is going to be super impactful and, you know, is going to have a real uh, make its mark on the market next year. And to your point, the the management of all of that content is extremely important because the, the teams that are managing the content and especially picking it up to then distribute it to a customer facing channel, you need to know if that was enhanced at all by AI for any number of considerations, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's where it's almost like the the mm. need the need for the 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 global system of record that really has governance and compliance, which are kind of like boring terms, uh, becomes even more important when you're you know the, the what we call the content chaos could get a little more chaotic because now AI is only feeding you know the sort of uh, the volume and variety of content being created. But I mean, Brian, I think you still bring up an, a good point, though, is, you know, that time that was spent by a designer or or any resources really on your team, changing those assets manually is now just kind of shifting to focus on, you know, getting served up. Here's an option to if the if the blue sneaker sold out, here's the option with the white sneaker. What tweaks do I need to make to make it brand appropriate and then being able to push it out, which. I mean, it sounds like it's just, it's, it's making the process more efficient overall. It's just kind of changing responsibilities. Is that accurate? Absolutely. The, the adoption of, of AI uh, capabilities, you know, with our platform and with others that we've heard, and we did some surveys of customers as well as marketers just broadly uh, in the market. The, the number one way in which it's being picked up is to remove repetitive, tedious, uh, you know, tasks, low yep. lift 
Um, because there's so many of those in the creative process, as you all both know, right? Um, We also did a study where we put three brand concepts in front of uh, a a user group for to survey. One was completely generated by AI. One was completely generated by a human. One was a little bit combination where AI kind of started it and then uh, our team finished it. And what was voted on as the most compelling of those three brand concepts, literally an image with a tagline and a product name, was the combination, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the, the generated AI one was not necessarily seen as being any more you know, uh, beneficial or advantageous. Anyway, that is really, uh, and what we see. Yeah. Uh, I saw a billboard uh, in, you know, in Manhattan where, where I live right outside of, and it was for an AI driven company. And I loved it. It said, AI will take your job, but then under it in small letters, it said to the next level. And yeah. so um, <laughs> that was kind of a cool way of, of seeing uh, how I believe any creative or brand professional is going to benefit from AI yes. capabilities is really redirecting their time towards strategic work uh, and, and getting rid of those tedious, repetitive tasks. Well, and Brian, let's go a little bit into kind of what we expect to see from retailers who are managing their digital assets efficiently, like we've just been talking about. What kind of impacts are they seeing by doing something like that? The first area I would look at would be engagement metrics, specifically on what they're tracking for click-through rates, uh, page visits, uh, new visitors, uh, time on site. So mm. more of like your digital metrics that are then indicators of how well you're, you know, pulling the the customer or creating a customer experience that leads to a purchase. Because we've had customers say, oh, it's only by using a, a global dam that we even feel like we have enough volume and variety of assets to go to market effectively across, let's say, a handful of markets, but also a handful of segments, right? Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. The, the married couple that you know, cares about these things, the college student that cares about these things. So the segmentation and then the volume and variety of assets to match those segments becomes really important. And then what they've got is proof of it in those uh, performance metrics, like I said, because you've actually got five different landing pages or five Mm -hmm. different emails or any number, you know what I mean? So if you're fitting the, the image to the persona, to the offer, that really is the formula. And that is where we hear of these metrics improving. And by the way, the cost can stay the same because you're not paying an agency five times as much to create five times the variety for your different segments. It's all being uploaded, managed, and then adapted in the dam. And so that is kind of the central value prop is keeping the costs involved the same, but then achieving some sort of return downstream on you know, the, the signals you get from your customers, uh, is this content working? Yeah. And is it, is it just matching the image to the offer then? Like, is our, is that the real crux of it? That is my favorite piece right now, but it's by no means mm-hmm. the entire piece. Okay. Um, so that is more like, the thing I love about that is when you say match the image to the offer, right? we're in, we're in like offer craze right now, right? Like we said, yeah. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, it's like, you'll never see a greater volume uh, or higher proportion of deals you can capitalize on. And there's actually an, uh, an Adobe Analytics survey that says that Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales are projected to be up from last year, which is great. And I think anyone, you know, it should be excited about, about that, retailers uh, most of all, but also that the the proportion or the, the amount 
of promotions and discounts is also going to be up proportionally over last year, meaning retailers are, are, are going more all in on discounting their products. And mm-hmm. that, that's cool because they're trying to drive volume of sales. But I, I know and I'm confident every retailer wishes they didn't have to discount so much. They wish yes. that they could generate more full price sales for obvious reasons because there's greater margin, right? Mm-hmm. And what we've had our customers articulate to us when we ask, hey, so what's behind this whole new brand, you know, restaging? What's behind this new uh, identity piece of all of your content that you're creating? And they say, well, there's a corporate initiative to generate more full price sales and building mm. brand identity with compelling content is uh, the best way to do that. And so, uh, you know, if you think about it, like the, the, the luxury brands of the world, they don't really discount, you know, no. um, Taylor Swift doesn't discount, you know, she <laughs> right. the opposite problem. She's running out of inventory <laughs> right. of all of her merchandise and all of that. And so why? Because there's a loyal brand following that's been built up over time and there's some sort of amazing customer experience, you know? And so that really is the other piece of it is, Yes, retailers, if they're smart with their image, matching their image to offer, that's interesting. But what's even more interesting and what's even a bigger position of strength is you're the hot item for the season. And, you know, you don't have to put out all these offers across all these channels. Your website's just getting, you know, a million hits. And it's almost like you have to worry about, do you have the inventory to match that demand? That's the best problem to be in. So. And that's what gets the IT teams interested because they're seeing the impact on sales, right? It gets Definitely. them more interested in the problem. And great, by the way, Taylor Swift drop. You just increased the amount of listens by this, like hopefully 500 fold, <laughs> Brian. Yeah. Very, very deftly done. Very impressed. Um, well, right, I got uh, I got an email the other day, which must mean that Spotify knows I'm a decently uh, solid Taylor Swift listener. Early, oh. early access to purchase a hoodie with her official era's tour uh you know embroidery and all of that um i didn't convert but i thought it was interesting and i was glad that they you know they gave me the offer but that's the whole thing right uh they don't you don't need to have any discount on that stuff that's gonna oh. fly off the shelf man snap that up it yeah like i know put that on resale item. yeah man oh my <laughs> god oh man nice nice return on investment there but yeah all right i want to i want to put you back on the spot though because you know Again, going back to my time, particularly in e-commerce, the PIM system was always a problem. Like it was just the system nobody loved. And I have to think that there's some integration points here that we haven't talked about in terms of how a dam functions with the PIM system. So can you, for the audience maybe that doesn't know, explain what the PIM is, and then also what you do to ameliorate the integration and make it as easy as possible? Yeah, absolutely. So PIM, Product Information Management System, you know, it's been around for a while. I think there's some really exciting innovations happening now with, you know, cloud native solutions that are best in breed, integrate with other platforms, like you said, Chris. And so the PIM really handles, per the name, all the product information, uh, what goes onto the product uh, detail page, the, the SKU number, the specs down to even, you know, the what goes into a product, polyester, is it cotton and so on, so forth. Massive Um, amounts of data. Massive amounts of data that need to make their way to a number of places. And a great example is like a lot of times that data needs to transport to anywhere that product's being sold, which for most manufacturers of brands is a lot of other places other than even their .com website, right? Right. Um, So 
getting it from the manufacturer of the brand, let's say Nike, to the endpoint retailer, which could be Dick's Sporting Goods or Target, uh, PIM plays a huge role in, in uh, syndicating, as they say, all that product information. But it's not designed for uh, visual imagery and the product uh, imagery that is crucial to the whole experience of e-commerce and uh, and seeing a product. That's where the dam really comes in. And the way that they they play together is what we call two-way integration, meaning, okay. meaning the uh, product imagery lives in the PIM and then it gets uh, syndicated out to wherever that product detail page, uh, you know, is put through. And again, oftentimes it's some other retailer or brand, right? Mm -hmm. But conversely, the SKU number as well as other product metadata and detail, right? Like products have a hierarchy, men's, and then it's sweaters, and then it's what kind of sweater, right? Uh, Solid versus patterned and so on. All of that hierarchy transports back into the dam. So your dam is a reflection of your your product lines in many ways and so mm. that's really the interplay and the mm. the amazing thing we've seen with uh dam and pims working together is if you have an updated image let's say you don't like the coloring or the way something was shot and you want to swap out 15 images or even you know more than that you can auto update uh the the version in the dam and as soon as you hit refresh in your pim and also on whatever websites it appears on, it'll be updated automatically. Whereas usually that used to be a web content manager doing a ton of manual work just right. to update that one image and all of the number of places where it shows up. So I want to, I want to put that, that's a great example because it got me thinking. So for example, like, you know, again, going back to our target days, and you remember this, like target and targets famous for this rebranding all of their private label brands. And so you're essentially saying like, once they do that, they can just now hit a button and all the updates for taking market pantry to good and gather an example can just happen versus needing somebody to go in and manually create all those new images that need to go online wherever they need to go. Yep. Uh, I link based uh, image delivery wow. is, is going to be become the standard. Most retailers are embracing it already. And if they not, if they're not, they will. And what that means is like the uploading of an image to the the point where a customer might see it is going by the wayside. It has to be link based where it lives somewhere centrally, the dam, and then updating it uh, as well as delivering it in its optimized format for device and pixel and all that just happens on the fly. And you don't have to have 15 different versions for web, mobile, you know, high res and all that. That part is figured out and that's really exciting. Well, and Brian, am I am I true in making the assumption or correct in making the assumption that um, this could also start to happen within social platforms where these images are being used, and advertising platforms and retail media networks where these images are being used? Are they able to just use that one link now, and it kind of re can resize or reformat to what each of those requirements are across all of the the media buy? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That is, that's unbelievable. I like, I'm, then, I'm in shock a little bit. I mean, if there's something that our listeners want to understand as a real <laughs> sense of what the possible is with this, I mean, that's, that's one and done that, that saves such a tremendous amount of time, resources, teams within entire organizations. And gobsmacked, Brian, you gobsmacked, <laughs> you gobsmacked Dan here on Wednesday yeah, morning. It's, it's great. Um, it can be really powerful. And that's like the example I started with of if you've got an email promotion 
and you run out midday, yeah. uh, can you swap out everything quickly? The, the answer is only yes, if the, the image only really lives in one place and it's link based because then all you're doing is deleting one link, copying another one in and it renders it, you know what I mean? Like delivers the image automatically, the uploading right. and downloading. Yeah. Um, I believe that's going to feel awfully archaic in the next, you know, two, one to two years. Oh, so and it should. Are, yeah. So many people are breathing deep sighs of relief. Um, <laughs> so Brian, what else you got for me? I mean, now I just have other expectations here. What, what other, what other like solutions are there that uh, we can talk about here, especially, you know, as it includes dam integrations and, other challenges that retailers are facing as they're trying to get so quickly into getting that right product in front of the right person at the right time. Sure. So I believe that within retailers, sometimes a forgotten channel is mm -hmm. your sort of retail partners and your sales associates. So okay. for example, mm. we were talking about PIM and a lot of organizations defaulted to storing their product imagery in their PIM because at the end of the day, you kind of can. It's not hard to have a library within a, 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 a solution, right? But that's only your product imagery that's getting sold online. What okay. about social? Like you mentioned next. Well, the social teams can't go into the PIM. They likely don't even have logins, let alone know how to use it to then grab something from the PIM and then put it on Instagram. Hey, buy this product or you know whatever. Right. And then what about more of the offline touch points that are just as crucial, right? There's a a data point that more than half of in-store customers this year, and this is from Salesforce and we can give the link, uh, are going to engage with a piece of content once they set foot in the store. Usually that's the retail associate um, showing something on a mobile device or, or mm -hmm. a tablet, right? Even if it's at the point of maybe helping checkout. And so that's where DAM as a true system of record just comes in because we have some retail customers where They've got entire collections and brand guidelines and uh, retail kits just so the in-store associates can get up to speed on messaging effectively and positioning yeah. uh, the product, bringing up that imagery quickly, because you're not going to run that out of uh, the PIM. The PIM's geared for online you know, product detail pages and sales. So uh, that's where it becomes powerful. And then, oh, by the way, if your product goes viral, and your PR director says, oh, I need that one picture of that thing. Now uh, they can grab it in a way that, you know, you, you couldn't mm. in the old days. So, and like, they can I, search it now, right? Like, yeah, I mean, they know, can text search with the new yeah. AI company that you acquired, right? So that that's Absolutely. a simpler method for them. And at some point, you know, in the not so distant future, it will be voice search and it will just be conceptual search. You know, um, you can just type in fun and the system will know all the images images associated with the concept of fun and then you, you know you can go from there so that's really interesting to me is that whole idea of all the other groups in an organization that are sort of sometimes forgotten about or maybe not as supported that you know the dam can really can really help and uh, i think another area that uh, you know, I really uh, love and am passionate about is just user-generated content. I think is super okay. interesting, and mm -hmm. there's a whole workflow there of managing it effectively. Because you know, huh. even if you know someone uh, gets uh, the the you know Starbucks had a great campaign last year with teenagers just had to be uh, on TikTok with their new Starbucks like re you know reusable mug or whatever. Right. Um, but 
how do you possibly get consent that you can use that uh, image or, or TikTok clip and then make sure that the, the rights form is associated with the images and then your, your social team downstream can use it effectively, but only for so long because that usage rights tend to expire is like a whole other you know, area where that damn experts are really diving into what we call you know, usage rights and governance, which again, aren't the sexiest terms, but are absolutely crucial for a brand going to market effectively. Wow, we might we might just have to have you on and talk about that. Man, that sounds that sounds like a whole another topic we could dive into. But man, Brian, this was this was great, and yeah, I, I know you love this too because I, I whenever you go gobsmacked in the middle of an interview, you know you're hitting on something. So it's always kind of my litmus test for everything. So yeah, great job, Brian. So I'm curious too if people want to get in touch with you, reach out to Binder. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, first of all, I would say on LinkedIn, I, you know, I've, I've been connecting with some OmniTalk listeners uh, after the first one. So, you know, find me I on LinkedIn. Imagine. Yeah, yeah I, I loved uh, I love connecting. So please, you know, reach out. And then uh, if it's more having to do with some of the capabilities we discussed or even just wanting to know more about Binder as a company, I would say go to uh, Binder.com, B-Y-N-D-E-R.com. Um, and so, you know, the that would be the best way to just learn about us, I would say, and, and, and our vision for the market. Wonderful. Excellent. Well, Thanks so much, Brian. Yeah, that wraps us up. Thanks to Brian Kavanaugh for sitting down with us today. And as always, on behalf of all of us here at Omnitalk, be careful out there.